powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Lincoln, 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 bo bingan, banana, pineapple, bingan, feet, fine, mo mingan, Lincoln. They say this cat Lincoln is a bad mother. We're just talking about Lincoln. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. You are listening to the Lincoln Wear Show. Filling in for him this morning is Raven Mundy. Yes, I am back again. <laughs> I am here again. I'm also live on the Facebook. So if you want to check out what's going on on the Facebook Live, search the Buzz page like you usually do. And it should be right there. But I am live on Facebook. Um, Got some things to talk about. It wasn't a whole, whole lot of show prepping that I could do this morning. Because there wasn't a whole, whole lot in the news, really, if I'm being fully honest with you. But it's some stuff to talk about, so we can get into it. Um, I do want to get into some some stuff that happened locally. You remember how they were talking about these street takeovers? Well, they have finally made their first arrest. Um, an arrest has been made in the street takeover incidents that have been captured on video over the last few weeks around Cincinnati. I got this from WLWT. Cell phone footage shows drivers blocking roads and performing dangerous car stunts in multiple Cincinnati neighborhoods, including Camp Washington and near downtown, where drivers stopped traffic along I-71 near the the Lytle Tunnel. Uh, Philip Alwell, who was 19, was charged with inducing panic in connection to one of the street takeover incidents. According to the court prosecutor, Alwell was involved in one of the street takeover incidents where he said Vehicles blocked off traffic and performed donuts and slides, creating very serious risk for all the people standing there outside their vehicles watching this lawless, crazy behavior. According to the prosecutor, Allwell's black Dodge Charger was seen leaving the scene at a high rate of speed. Officers took down his license plate number and found him the next day. According to the prosecutor, Allwell said he was present but was blocking the roadway and not involved in the dangerous stunts inside the intersection. His bond was set at $1,000, and he is set to appear in court on the 13th for a grand jury. CD leaders are supporting a state effort to draft specific laws to deal with these incidents, which could even mean seizing vehicles. The latest version is a House Bill 56. Um, Yeah, they, they trying to crack down on this street racing stuff or this what they call the street takeover stuff. Um. Alwell is, a, at least in the picture, in the mugshot, he does appear to be a young white male, which when we first talked about this, you know, there was that speculation of, is this a bunch of black kids? Is this a bunch of white kids? And, you know, I'm not shocked that it was a white boy that they arrested because this sounds like some stuff that white boys do. Like, and I ain't going to say that, you know, young black men aren't into cars and into this kind of stuff because that would just be, that would just be stupid. Like, that would be a dumb assumption to make. But it just, it didn't strike me as something that a bunch of young teenage black boys would do in Cincinnati. It just don't sound typical. So it don't shock me at all that it's a young white man. But they did make that arrest. So maybe he'll, I don't know, maybe he'll snitch and, and they'll put an end to it all together. You never know. We'll see what happens. Also in local news, did y'all hear about this garbage truck hitting somebody in Hamilton? Uh, um, I got this from Fox 19. A main thoroughfare in Butler County is partially shut down due to a fatal crash involving a rumpy residential garbage truck. 
The southbound lanes of Dixie Highway, also called State Route 4, are closed between Bishop Avenue and Clinton Avenue until further notice. A Rumpke residential garbage truck hit a bicyclist on the corner of Bishop Avenue and southbound Dixie Highway just after 6 a.m. Um, the male bicyclist, bicyclist was pronounced dead at the scene. Sheriff's deputies and Hamilton police are on the scene investigating. The bicycle is equipped with reflective gear. Both the headlight and the taillight are on it. Rumpke's safety team arrived at the scene just before 6.30 and will continue cooperating with the ongoing investigation. Uh, Jaeger, or what's her first name? Molly Jaeger, she is a Rumpke spokesperson. She said Rumpke is keeping the bicyclists in their thoughts and prayers. Yeah, it's just one of them unfortunate situations. They haven't said it, whether anybody was intoxicated or anything like that. That was my first thought. Like, was the was the driver drunk or something? Like, what's going on? But you also got to think, it's about 6 a.m. in the morning. Around 6 a.m. is still pretty much, at least here, it's still pretty much pitch black outside. So you really can't see too much of nothing. Which is why they made sure to say that the bike did have, you know, reflective gear on it. It had a light and it had all kind of reflective tags and stuff on it. So... I don't know. It's just one of them unfortunate situations. You don't really, I don't know if I've heard too many instances of a, of a garbage truck hitting somebody. Like it just don't seem like something that happens very often. So maybe it's just one of those freak accident type of situations. Um, also locally, um, they have charged a man with the murder of a 69 year old Roseline resident. A man was charged in the death. Um, of a 69-year-old Roseline resident on Reading Road Monday. Kenan Ross is his name. He's 26. He was charged with murder yesterday. He was already in custody at the Hamilton County Jail on a charge of carrying a concealed weapon. The victim, Eugene Parrish, was found at Essex House, according to the Hamilton County Coroner's Office on Monday. Police were dispatched to the area around 3 p.m. They were responding to the report of an assault. Police found Parrish dead in the apartment when they arrived. They're also asking anybody with information about this homicide to call police investigators at 513-352-3542 or Crime Stoppers, of course. We should be hearing from Ms. Lisa Baker soon, um, but that number is 513-352-3040. But they have made an arrest. Um, let's see. And I have one more local story to get through here. I don't know. I'm going, I'm going through these stories kind of fast because I just want to be able to get as much out as possible because i feel like sometimes i'll be like i'll I'll get to a story and then i'll stay there forever and ever amen so i'm trying to get a couple out before i before i talk to the people today um but also locally the saint bernard police sergeant who got arrested they have now released body cam footage and dash cam footage um they show the moments a saint bernard police sergeant was arrested this last Saturday, Sergeant Michael Matheson was arrested near the Wyoming Recreation Center on Springfield Pike by Wyoming Police Department. He was charged with obstructing official business. He had been at a Halloween party. And you can see in like the dash cam and the body cam footage, he's got like like Halloween makeup all over his face. I don't know if he's supposed to be like a clown or I don't know what he's supposed to be, but he's got makeup all over his face. It looks ridiculous. Um, but he was charged with, again, obstructing official business. According to a police report, his wife called 911 and said he was refusing to leave. The report alleged Matheson was intoxicated and possibly armed. Body and camera footage showed Matheson being arrested. The police report that Matheson was traveling at excessive speed when Wyoming police followed him into a gas station. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
It also states he wasn't following commands from the Wyoming officers and made suspicious movements to his waistband and his left pocket. Officers can be heard on the video threatening to use a taser on him and telling him to get his hands out of his pocket. Matheson was cited and released to a family member, which sounds wild to me. That Don't that sound insane? If this had been any other regular civilian who was suspected of being armed and moving suspiciously and intoxicated, how many of us, let's, let's, take a, let's take a show of hands, how many of us would have been released to a family member after, after being observed driving at an excessive speed, first of all? How, how, do, how, how they even didn't pull him over in the first place? Like, how, you, how do you not, like, there's so much about this. And again, it's not even shocking. It's just ironically funny because it's not shocking because this is a, 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 a police sergeant. So we know how this goes. You're not going to get the same heavy handed form of law enforcement that the rest of us are going to get. We just know this. On top of that, you are a white man as well. So that plays a factor. But you are intoxicated. You are driving under the influence. That is a law broken. You are driving what what they call an excessive speed, which sounds like speeding to me (laughs) in just in just in different terms. So you are speeding and you're intoxicated behind the wheel of a car. Your wife just called police because you wouldn't leave her alone. How many of us would all of those things taken into consideration would have been released to a family member and slept in our own bed that night? Just take a wild guess. <sighs> he is scheduled to appear in Hamilton County courtroom on the 6th. Um, and then on Wednesday, the St. Bernard Police Department said in an internal investigation has been launched. Of course it has. It won't foster anything, but of course. They also said in a statement they cannot comment on an ongoing criminal case from another jurisdiction. As the statement says, we are unable to comment on an ongoing criminal case from another jurisdiction. We take any arrests of personnel very seriously. And Chief Mike Simos immediately initiated an internal investigation into this matter that is still ongoing. At this point, all we can say is that in accordance or yeah, in accordance with our policy code contact, what is, what is going on in my mouth today? In accordance with our policy code of conduct, this incident is being investigated by the St. Bernard Police Administration. For obvious reasons, until we have a final decision from that investigation, we do not have any other comments and do not want to make an on-screen commentary until due diligence is completed. Which, again, sounds like more cover-up for a boy in blue. We know our boy got caught being bad. But we're not going to put him out there because he a boy in blue. We got his back. We're not going to just be out here saying whatever. I wish the same kind of caution was taken with, you know, regular civilians. We never see that. We never see the police department take those limbs to protect the average citizen. But, you know, like I said, are we even shocked? Are we surprised at all? If you want to call me and talk to me about it, the number to call is 513-749-1230. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not even remotely shocked. Not even a little bit. It just makes all the sense in the world. Like, like I said, how how many of us would have not only been, because these are things that, that the police have admitted to. He was, he was driving at excessive speed. He appeared to be intoxicated. 
They also assumed that he was armed and that he kept reaching for his waistband and, and his and particularly his left pocket. If this were a black man, he'd have been dead. Didn't we just talk about um 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 Jalen Walker? They killed that man just off of the 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 whip catching a whiff of the fact that he might have had a weapon. They claim he shot it, which, you know, that was never shown on on body cam footage or or dash cam footage or any of that. But, you know, how that go. They can say whatever they want to say and then claim that they fear for their life or self-defense or whatever the hell. This man was drunk and driving crazy. Y'all waited until he himself pulled into a gas station to even approach him. And then sent him home with a family member so he could sleep in his own bed that night. Child, I got to go to this break. Again, if you want to talk to me about it, 513-749-1230. We can get into it. I also got some other news to talk about. And yeah, it's 1230 AM, The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. I'm the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You are listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Monday on this good Friday morning. Um, I actually know where Lincoln is today. He is at the, I think it's the Urban League luncheon, if I'm not mistaken. He is at the Urban League luncheon today. So that is where he is. He ain't sick or nothing. He cool. He fine. He just has some other stuff to do today. So he asked me to sit in and be here for the Lincoln Ware Show. But yeah. Um, back to some of the news that I wanted to get into. I did a bunch of local news stories. If you want to talk about it, 513-749-1230 is the number to get on board. We talked about um, the St. Bernard police sergeant getting arrested. And just like the the circumstances around his arrest just are so ridiculous, but also so unshocking because that's just how it goes for boys in blue. When, they, when it's one of their own, they get handled differently. They get treated completely differently. They don't get the same harsh and and heavy-handed treatment from law enforcement as your average citizen. His wife called police and said he was refusing to leave. The report that was filed says that he was intoxicated and possibly armed. Body and camera footage showed Matheson being arrested. Um, He was very clearly, you know, (laughs) he was very clearly coming from a Halloween party, he had, like, Halloween makeup all over his face. I don't know what he was supposed to be exactly, but he looks pretty ridiculous. Um, But he wasn't the... He was arrested by Wyoming officers who said that he was not following commands and that he kept making suspicious movements to his waistband and to his left pocket. In the the video, officers can be heard threatening to use a taser on him and telling him to get his hands out of his pocket. The, the the very next line after that in the article says he was cited and released to a family member. How many of us, a regular average citizens, after police being called on us, after that, how many of us, because they uh, initially they say that they had observed him driving at excessive speeds. So if you were, if the police were called on you and then, the responding officers saw you driving at an excessive speed and then didn't even bother to pull you over, waited until you pulled into a gas station to to approach you. Because that's the whole issue to me. 
just in general. But anyways, you were you were seen driving at excessive speed, and then when police officers like attempt to arrest you, you refuse to comply to demands. You are literally resisting arrest, pretty much. That's what it sounds like. If 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 it were an average citizen, they would have claimed that you were resisting arrest. But you know that doesn't happen because you a boy in blue. Um, but you won't follow commands. You keep reaching for something in your pocket. You are assumed to be armed. But you keep re- reaching for your pocket and for your waistband. You won't listen to, to officers' commands. They are threatening to tase you because of this. The report also alleges that you you appear to be intoxicated. So you were just observed behind the wheel of a car. So you were driving, you were speeding, driving drunk, and and resisting arrest. I'm going to call it resisting arrest because that's what it would have been called if it were just the Irish citizen. You are not complying to officers' demands. They are threatening to tase you. And after all of this, you just get cited and sent home with a family member. You don't see. You don't. You don't have to sit in the in the in the in the in the what do they call it when when they take you to jail and then they have you like stay overnight and then they release you in the morning because you're intoxicated. I forget what it's called, but I know that's what happens if somebody is caught driving drunk. You don't just get to go home. Like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's something that, again, doesn't shock me at all because we're dealing with a, an officer of the law. Being handled by the, by other... Like, do you... My question is this. Do, do police officers only fear for their life when... The person who is being arrested or they are attempting to arrest isn't other law enforcement. Is that why they can't fathom why the average citizen has a legitimate and genuine fear of law enforcement? Because when it comes to to, to their, their counterparts, they just don't it just don't register. Maybe we've been thinking about this whole like police brutality thing wrong. Maybe it's something maybe it's we missing something. Maybe it's, it's, it's psychological. Do law, does law enforcement, do law enforcement officers have an inability to see each other as dangerous? To see each other as a, a lethal threat? A legitimate reason to fear for their lives? Because that's what it's given. Everything stated here has been used one way or another to justify the death of the average citizen. has been used to justify almost beating somebody to death. So so maybe we thinking about it wrong. Maybe it's just that they have the inability to view another officer of the law as a threat to their their person. And if that's the case, maybe we should have more conversations around that cuz that's a problem. That would that would probably explain why we have such a hard time getting that message across that when you come in contact with law enforcement as an average citizen, I don't have the luxury of assuming that you ain't going to kill me or be a threat to my own life. Just your presence alone creates a, a, a an anxiety inside myself. Maybe that's why they don't get it. Food for thought.
you want to talk to me, 513 is the number. I also talked about um, this rumpy garbage truck hitting and killing a bicyclist in Hamilton. It seems like one of those situations where it was just a freak accident. You know, it was 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's still pretty pretty dark outside. And they do say that the bike did have reflective gear on it. It had a headlight. It had, you know, little reflective stickers all around it. And, you know, they're just, they're not saying that anybody was intoxicated or anything. So maybe it was just a freak accident. Uh, Rumpke's spokesperson, Molly Yeager, she says that Rumpke is keeping the cyclists in their thoughts and prayers. Um, They are still investigating. Also, locally, we did talk about the death of a 69-year-old Roseland resident. They did finally charge someone with his murder. Uh, Kenan Ross, 26, was charged with that murder yesterday. He was already in custody at the Hamilton County Jail on a charge of carrying a concealed weapon. And uh, the victim, Eugene Parrish, was found at Essex House, according to the Hamilton County Coroner's Office, on Monday. Police were dispatched to the area at around 3 p.m. They were responding to the report of an assault. They found Parrish dead in an apartment when they arrived. And they are asking if you have any info to call Crime Stoppers. 513-352-3040 is that number. Um, also, in the news, the White House has called on Fox News to apologize after a top host sickening Islamophobic rant. The right-wing television network has remained entirely silent amid fierce backlash stemming from Islamophobic comments made on its top-rated show, The Five, by one of its top hosts, Jesse Waters, in an astonishing and ugly rant. Waters on Wednesday said that he was fed up with Arab Americans and the entire Muslim world. He said, we have had it with them. He declared during the diatribe, which aired during a segment about activists ripping down posts, spotlighting Israeli hostages. He also says, and so if you're an Arab American in this country and you rip down posters of Jewish hostages, of American hostages, no, 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 no. Someone is going to get punched in the face when you rip down posters of hostages like that. The remarks earned Waters and Fox News another stinging rebuttal from the White House, which called them a, quote, sickening attack on the rights and dignity of their fellow Americans. The White House added that Fox News owes an apology to every single viewer. If you're waiting for an apology from Fox News, however, don't hold your breath. You should probably know this by now. As usual, Fox News hasn't said a word about the hateful rant that streamed out of a top host's mouth and into the homes of millions. And it's not the first time that Waters has made abhorrent comments since the war between Israel and Hamas broke out in October. He said, quote, I don't like how people try to differentiate between Palestinians and Hamas because for some reason. Like the ignorance is so wild. Anybody with good common sense knows that there is a difference. There is a reason to differentiate between Palestinians, Palestinian citizens and Hamas. Like, there's a stark difference there. The same way that y'all try to convince us that, you know, there are good apples and bad apples in our police and our police and in our justice system. You know, there are good apples and there are bad apples. They're not all all one. The same way that y'all are determined to convince us of that. You have to also be able to differentiate between innocent civilians of a region and a domestic or, or, or a, t- a ter- terroristic group like that. That's not this is not rocket science. This is common sense. 
There is a difference. So you must differentiate because what's happening is millions of innocent Palestinians are are being held as hostages and murdered and, and displaced. In the name of of trying to target Hamas, that's a very important different like that's a very important distinction to make. You can't just ignore. That fact, like you're outright asking and calling for people to ignore common sense. But again, what do you expect from Fox News? I could go to this break. Um, I'll read a little bit more from this article, but basically Fox News is Fox Newsing. <laughs> that's really it. Ain't much more to say. Fox News is Fox Newsing. They don't let somebody who they pay a whole lot of money to say a whole lot of craziness and a whole lot of offensive stuff get on air and say something hateful and offensive and bigoted. And as the meme goes, that's my man and I'm going to stick beside him is, is the energy that Fox News is giving. If you want to comment, 513-749-1230 is the number. It's 1230 AM, the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. So 30 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. And my block button on Facebook Live is strong today. So you can try me if you want to. And I'm going to leave it at that. Got to go back to the phones. Or, well, go to the phones because I ain't been yet. So talk to Twin. Twin, how you doing? Hey, hold on. Let me take you off speaker. You hear me? I can hear you. Uh, good to see you here from you, Raven. See you on the rappy rappy today. <laughs> the wrap up. <clears throat> the wrap up is tomorrow, twin. Uh, you on the rappy rappy today, cuz. Oh, my lord. Hey, yeah. It's crazy, man. They should have sent that man to jail. It kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, though, because I was sorry when that, uh, that Mallory judge, one of the Mallory boys. He, he, this was, this what happened. I had a DUI down here, first DUI in my life. Next thing I know, I go to court. They say my name, I stand up. Well, you got to do either, what is it, a couple of, a day in a hotel, $600, or three, three days in, in a Jeff Center. So I ain't about to get out no $600 because I'm going to pay anyway when I get up out of here to get my license back. So just give me the three days in jail. So <clears throat> when dude, when Mallory was reading my uh, transcripts and everything else, he gave me the three days or whatever I plead to and everything. You charged with DUI and everything else. But the white boy, they said, they asked me where you work. And I said, yeah, I work at CERT and everything else. That's what a, whoever she was, a prosecutor, whoever. She was saying all that. When he get to the white boy, he said, yes, he's a something, secretary or something for the Mallory's office and everything else. So I looked, though. I'm like, man, what, what the hell? I just heard. So... I had to pay a fine and everything. He didn't have to pay nothing. So uh, they let him go and everything. And I, I feel like that was wrong, man. I was still kind of shocked and hurt mm-hmm. out, of, out of all of it and everything. After the circumstance, I had to pay the fine and everything else. But I don't know. It was sick. With that uh, DUI judge, they let them police officers look crazy. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be protected and served, man. And he got paid, too. They knew what he was. He was drunk. He probably go beat the brakes off his wife and everything. So they just like, hey, we just go, 
you know, nip, nip it under the bud and everything, mm-hmm. see you home for a day and everything else. And uh, just stay away from your wife and everything. But he going to go back and probably get his little job. Well, he, he ain't got fired yet, but get his job back in there. And, and likely else. won't. And likely won't. Like, at the end of the day, the way that they've handled this so far has, has already indicated that they don't plan to do too much or nothing to this man. I would I would genuinely be shocked if he lost his job after this. I would genuinely hey, be shocked. Hey, 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 Saint Bernard. Yeah. Yeah, Sergeant. Yeah. No, ain't no, ain't gonna lose his job. Saint Bernard, now they love him. Mm-mm. Now if that was little uh, Billy Ray Brown, Pee Wee them did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you go ahead, go ahead, black. We ain't got nothing for you, black man. Yeah, go ahead. We can't even put you behind the desk to do the foul yeah. papers or nothing. So that that's how the, the race car played though, man. But he ain't gonna lose his job unless it be one of them little young rookies in there, man. I don't like him. He do this, do that. They'll vote, especially if you got 20, 30 years old. They'll make you good. They probably get rid of it so they can't pay that pension and everything else. Mm-hmm. Hey, that, that we can say that $100,000. Bingo, there you go. So they'll play the card like that, too. It's either or. Oh, girl, little Trump daughter. She said, hey, I ain't going to, uh, I can't go to court. Hey, I ain't got no babies. <laughs> That's the most stupidest thing out. Yeah. I said, she must have been around a sister. <laughs> but do we expect anything less from his children? Like, they, they are going to do everything in their in their power because they, they are led by example. Their father has done everything that he could in his power to avoid these court cases. So, of course, yeah. they're going to do the same thing. They don't want to be up on that witness stand having to testify against their daddy. Yeah, right. They did. You know, they had to do their little you know, a little practice and everything for they, you know, just like he, you know, he just struck them. They do it like this. Now you go in there, don't say, ask no stupid question. You know, they had to sit down and practice this before they go in their courtroom. Otherwise, they, y'all go hang he my done head had, He done probably had a million family meetings in the oh, last yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why you ain't been really seeing them in the spotlight because they've been practicing what to say. They smart. Cause especially that little Trump Jr. He just sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They snapping pictures and everything else. With that rumpke, it's sad, though. I hate to say it, but it's probably two ways to that, too. With that rumpke truck, you can, you can, that's a big truck, and you can either, or even though they tell you watch your blind side and everything else, but who knows? That guy probably was speeding and everything else. And They're still investigating, so, you know, we still got time to figure it out. But so far, yeah. it just sounds like a freak accident, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, Raven. I then I I feel like I mean you know we, it's dangers out there and everything else, but I feel like dude should never been in jail. The one that was doing that uh race and shut the block down. Oh yeah, I saw you on Facebook Live saying let them kids have fun, but it's dangerous, twin. It's probably be dangerous, but hey, I've been in you know I, I've been around that people put titles and everything else, race their bikes and cars and everything. I mean. I mean, it's dangerous, but hey, it is what it is. This thing out there shooting up people, they were having fun. That's how I feel like. I mean, I've been to, I mean, I ain't never been in, but I, you know, I watch like Lakeshore Drive, downtown Chicago. But it's dangerous. You obstructing traffic. Like they had cars blocking off traffic. I ain't got time for y'all to be playing in the street if I'm on my way somewhere important or if I got an important meeting or appointment or something. I ain't got time for y'all to be playing in the middle of the street. Move. I ain't got time for me when I ride down 75 all the time, and it's always backed up and everything for no reason. You got to time your job. You got to time your commute better, twin. You got to time no, your commute like, better. If I go on 71, it's cool. But 75, that's the most worst highway ever. From here time. all the way Listen, to Atlanta. I drive 75 I, every day. I know what time to be on it and what time to be off it. You got to no, time your commute better. 
man, if it's right, if it's worse than in Cincinnati, why, especially in Atlanta, I hate they trap. It's the same thing. 75 is worse, craziest highway, expressway, or whatever I ever drove on for no reason. It always constructs. Uh, you have a safe weekend, uh, Raven. Be safe with everybody else. I appreciate All your right. call, twin. Got to go to this break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to Miss Jerry and Rick Jr. But, yeah, if, if you – listen, at this point, I don't live in Cincinnati too long for me to, 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 to continue complaining about traffic on 75. You just got to learn how to time your commute. I drive 75 every day, and I don't even drive it for that long most of the time. But if I'm going from I, – I used to wouldn't drive 75 because I felt like twin. 75 and the traffic on 75 is ridiculous. I used to refuse. I would go the street. I would drive the street until I could get to an exit to get on 71 to go where I had to go. But 75 is faster if you know what you're doing and you got to time your commute around maybe like 3 o'clock. It's a wrap. You're going to have to check the streetway because everybody and their mama on that little lunch rush, that little happy hour rush, they're going to be on 75. So check, take the streetway or get to where you need to be by at least like 2.30. After that, it's a wrap. Same thing happened around maybe like 4, 30, 5 o'clock when people are getting off of work. If you are sitting on 75 around that time, you're going to be sitting in some traffic. You might as well wait until maybe like, I want to say 6.30 is when traffic starts to slow down again. And then after that, you should be straight for the most part on 75. But you're just going to have to learn how to time your commute better, twin. That's all I got for you. <laughs> got to go to this break. I will be right back. Um, I got some other stories to talk about as well. If you want to talk to me, 513-749-1230. It's 12.30 a.m., the buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. I'm going to back, go back to the phones in just a second. But we were talking on Facebook Live during the break about 75 and 71. And when I first started driving, I was going the streetway everywhere because I was too scared to drive on the highway. So I would make myself, like, GPS the streetway to go everywhere. Like, my phone still is set on um like pref- preferring the street way to go somewhere versus the highway <clears throat> because I just didn't I didn't like driving the highway I didn't I was too scared to do it I was a new driver and like I just wasn't comfortable yet so I used to work all the way out in Mason at Macy's Credit and Customer Service and I would drive through Kenwood through um cuz I lived in Oakley at the time so I would drive through Kenwood I would drive through Montgomery I would drive through all of them like Every single neighborhood from from Oakley to Mason, I would drive the streetway to get there. It would be like a, every day, it would be like a 30-minute commute, something like that. And I would work second shift, so a lot of times I would, wouldn't get to work until like, sometimes I wouldn't, depending on my shift, I wouldn't get there until like 6 o'clock, something like that. And I would have to drive through all that traffic to get to work. And then I wouldn't get off of work until like 1-something in the morning, maybe one thirty, sometimes 3 o'clock, depending on what shift I had. And I would drive all the way back home, going the streetway in the middle of the night. I didn't start driving 71 until like, I want to say maybe a year into doing that job. And then I didn't start really driving 75 until we lived on the way, until we moved to the west side. Like in this last year, I've driven 75 more times than I can count. I really don't even take 71 no more. Because I can get everywhere I got to on 71, I can get to on 75. So I really don't even drive 71 no more. 
I find 71 to be too slow, actually, these days. But that's why I was saying the twin. Like, as long as I have lived here, I don't I, I don't got the energy to keep complaining about 75. You just learn. You learn the, 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 the high traffic times, and you maneuver around it. I leave the studio every day at, like, one one something. I know that if I want to get home or do or run some errands real fast, I need to do everything I need to do off of 75 by at least 2.30. Otherwise, I'm going to be sitting in traffic. Or if, if I know I can't do that, I need to drive the streetway. Because if I wait until like 2.30, 3 o'clock, I'm going to be sitting in some traffic. Same is true for when I had a second job and I was had to go all the way out 75 to get there. If I was getting off at like 5.35 or 6 o'clock, I'm sitting in the parking lot until like 6.30, something like that, until traffic is finally like slowed down a little bit. And then I can get to where I'm going without having to sit in a, in a crazy amount of traffic. You just got to time your commute better, twin. That's all I got for you. I'm going back to the phones. Miss Jerry, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, honey. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about... Um Still talking about this war going on, but I did want to comment on what you said. I think the street driving is just as dangerous as getting on the highway. The people, I, I don't know how they got the license, driver's license. Nobody uh, stops. You know, they run, overrun the, the stop lights. You know, making turns. They wait till you get up on them, and then that's when they want to turn in front of you. If I had a hatchet for everybody that got in front of me, I, I'd probably tore up every corner in Cincinnati almost. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy. Even when they come, you know, when they yield, they, you have to make sure of your clearance yeah. before you come out. Yeah. But they fly, they just fly on through. It, it's really scary. They yeah. drive on top of you. And then I had to have people giving me the finger that they didn't cut in front of me. I'm blowing the horn. Like I'm crazy to get them to, to, to stop or to let them know that you're stupid. Why are you doing Why are you yeah. just jumping on out? And you're not judging the distance. But they, well, a lot of white people giving me the finger all the time. <clears throat> so, but anyway, that's the other issue. I, I don't know how people got the license, but they don't. I agree, Miss Jerry. Yeah. You you really have to do like the, the level of defensive driving that you have to do in Cincinnati is ridiculous. You really yeah. do have to like you really can't even fully depend on traffic lights or or signs or any of that. You really just got to be paying attention to everybody else around you because even <laughs> yeah. if you got the right away, you still liable to get hit or bumped or yeah. nicked or something. So you really got to do a lot of defensive driving in Cincinnati. I call it I call Cincinnati the hit and run capital of the world because it happens. <laughs> It happens that's every year like clockwork. Yeah, and, and, and that's true. And, and the, the last thing I want to say is with this Hamas and Israel. Now, I know I come from the standpoint of of, um, of Israel when, when they responded. If you're in anger, I mean, everybody want to be diplomatic, <laughs> you know, but are you diplomatic when somebody comes in your household and, and, and kills somebody in your household and, and races and, and raping and they cannot? See, we are, everybody want to be diplomatic, but I know they want to get the, the, the people that's been in captive to get them out so they want you to cease fire. So it makes sense. But when your adrenaline is going, 
you know, just come and innocent people's house and kill them. So you have to expect a reaction. Um, so maybe they can think rationally and maybe cease the fire because they're going in, but they look like they got uh, the situation straight. Um, when they go in, you know, to look for whoever they're trying to get out, or you demand let the hostages go, the Americans or the Israelis go, or we come in and we're going to finish destroying you. The sad thing about leaders, if you're not voting, and, and, and maybe in some of these countries, I don't know how the elections go, who they're putting in office, Putin that made himself the God over in Russia. So if you did want them in there, you stuck with them. So when they go and attack other people, they cause then the reaction from these other countries to come. So are you going to hold your leaders accountable? I don't know what the United States did to the Japanese, but the Japanese uh, did a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. So when they bombed the, the naval base, now, who was responsible? You know, so you're looking at things that occurred. Do we, do we have a say-so if somebody, the United States, going to bomb another country? I don't know, Bush and Iraq, if we're looking for oil, what happened? But um, so I, I don't know. And I think about black people. When we were raped and, you know, our men in their household had to watch the white men come in and rape their family. They, they, they were, who was helping the slaves until they came to their own conclusion that uh, you know enough already, you know. But they, so like a lot of stuff that we go through in the United States, it doesn't mean that we don't support uh, Israelis in any other country. I, I, I think we do in, in Ukraine. But what what happens? Do we have that same kind of? Uh, reinforcement and somebody to help black people. And, and it, it, to me, it is, it's going to always be an issue. You know, and, and that's why... I mean, Ms. Jerry, war, war is messy. And I'll be honest, this is the first time that I have been any kind of politically aware enough to understand... Yeah. Our, our our dealings with other countries in their in foreign conflict. So I am yeah. like for the first time I am I am pretty good I ain't even gonna say well versed. I am pretty decently versed in what's happening in this conflict and so I'm able to develop like feelings and opinions about it because I know what I I know what it is. I was too young to really fully understand, you know, the war in Iraq. I was a child when or I feel like maybe it happened before I was even born and it just kind of, you know, progressed as I was a child. And then by the time I became an a whole adult, you know, for, for the most part, it seemed to be over. You know, they found Haddam Hussein and that was that. And, you know, it was it was kind of wrapped in a pretty bow and declared over for the most for the most part. But, like, this is the first time that I am understanding there are two conflicts now, the Russian-Ukraine as well as Israel and Palestine, where America has some yeah. some stake in these things. And, and I'm seeing as an adult, as a politically aware adult, how our involvement is, is affecting these foreign conflicts. And so I'm developing, you know, my opinions as I read and I understand and I and we get new news every day about the the thousands of people who are, you know, becoming victims of 
a conflict they have nothing to do with. Palestinians are dying. Israelis are dying. People who have nothing to do with this very political conflict are dying. And I keep looking at it and thinking, how do we address this issue so that innocent lives aren't continuing to be lost and used as pawns in this conflict? And I'm trying to figure out how America has even gotten to a point where we are this invested in this thing and how we found ourselves on the side that we find ourselves. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it seems like yeah. ain't nobody coming to our rescue, Miss <laughs> Jerry. As as far as no, black no. Americans, ain't nobody coming yeah. to our rescue. We still have issues within the diaspora that make it difficult yeah. for us to expect somebody to come to our rescue. We we are in the midst of figuring how figuring out how to how to fix that issue. I I think it's just it's 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 difficult all the way around because, like I said, war is complicated. War is complicated, and so yeah. I think the more conversations we have about it, we can fi- we can try and figure out how to better address that issue on a home front. But as it stands, the, the this this conflict, this foreign conflict, is kind of center stage right now because it does for at least a lot of my peers. I think for a lot of us, we are getting that firsthand experience of, of, of what it means to be, you know, America and be and be involved in a foreign conflict. Most of us, this is our first time really like understanding the depth of what that means. But I got to go to a break, Miss Jerry. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All righty. I got to go to this break. I'm going to come back. I'll talk to Rick Jr. and Otis. If you want to talk to me, 513-749-1230 is the number. It's 1230 AM The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve thirty a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. Um, Miss Jerry was making a point during her call. She said that as she was looking at, you know, just America's, you know, involvement in so many other foreign conflicts and in our involvement in, you know. Always playing a savior, always playing captain save a a save a country or a captain save a nation where we we often find ourselves in the midst or even take the steps to insert ourselves in the midst of other foreign conflicts where we play savior, where we send millions and billions of dollars for the aid and the protection and the and the the militarization of other nations so that they can protect themselves from who we consider to be enemies, who we consider to be a threat. She 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 juxtaposed that with with the 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 thought or the question, well, who who is going to do that for us in America, us, us, particularly us black folks? Who is going to come be our savior? Who is going to come be our, you know, come to our rescue in that way? Unfortunately. Anti-blackness is global. That is the reality of things. Anti-blackness is is a global issue. You have heard people like Black Lion and the like mention the, the millions of children who are currently dying in Congo in the, in, the, in the very real conflict that's happening over there. And we've not heard anything about it too much. You haven't seen all of these these you know, news outlets like constantly reporting about it as, as they are Israel and Hamas. We haven't seen that about Congo. 
because anti-blackness is a global issue. Nobody is coming to save nobody black, especially not our American black asses. If anything, we are the furthest removed from our African ancestry than probably any other African descendants on the globe. Ain't nobody checking for us. It's unfortunate. And there are also a lot of things that we have to fix within the diaspora. Because there is a lot of conflict within the diaspora. That make it hard for us to align ourselves with one another to get things done on a global scale. Shoot, we have a hard enough time <laughs> unifying here on the home front as black folks. And I'm not saying that to be disparaging or to say that it can't be done. I'm just saying that that is the reality that we face. I definitely think that we can figure it out. But it's a lot of challenges that come with it. I'm not even saying that that means that we should not expect for the same involvement in the same. I don't know. That's that like. And, and this is the thing, too, Miss Jerry. And then I'll move on. This is the thing, too. I don't think I don't think America does anything that doesn't have some sort of benefit. Like we don't, we not nice for the hell of being nice. We're not, we're not nobody's savior for the hell of being somebody's savior. That's just not how this country moves. This country is a business. This country is a is a a Fortune five hundred company in its own right. There is nothing that gets done that doesn't have some sort of financial benefit or some other sort of 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 benefit. It ain't just for the for the sake of being, you know, on the side of right that things get done. So that's also a whole other key factor. Nobody's going to come and save our black asses if there is no benefit to doing so. That's just what I believe. That's just what I believe. If it, if it does not seriously benefit some other, some other nation to actually create a way of 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 helping and aiding black people if that don't come with some kind of benefit it ain't happening and 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 due to to anti-blackness most nations have been convinced that there is no benefit to aiding blackness there is no benefit to to coming to our rescue as a matter of fact, if you even look like you want to come to our rescue, that's going to be a mark against you. That's going to be a strike against you. How dare you, you N-word lover? How dare you? That is still very much the energy globally. That ain't just here in America. That's just how I feel, though. If I'm wrong, please, if, if I'm missing something, please call me. Five one three seven four nine one two three zero. We can talk about it. I'm going back to the phones. Rick Junior, how you doing? Uh good morning, uh, Miss Raven. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be short on this. I, I believe in uh, proactivity and not reactivity. Uh, proactivity means being forward thinking. Like for example, okay, what's forward thinking? Like for example, like that bridge y'all building up there. I was telling Lincoln, he hated this. I said, now that thing should be a toll bridge. Now, down here, they got toll roads. Down here in Dallas, where I live, 
Now, having a toll road, it doesn't mean you have to stop and drop coins in the box. No, no, no. It's sophisticated. You have to buy, like, a little sticker and you put it on the window. Can you imagine how much money y'all would be making on cars going past uh, some type of uh, detector that would just read those stickers? You, you, you guys would be making hundreds of millions of dollars on, on, on that bridge, okay? That's being forward thinking, not backward thinking. Now, okay, let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that railroad. My favorite topic. Now, I say no on twenty-two, no on twenty-two, because that's forward thinking, not backward thinking. Now, see, you got those politicians up there. What would they tell you about the history of the Cincinnati sub? I mean, not the subway, Cincinnati uh, Southern Railway. Forgive me. Okay. Uh, well, one big mistake. When they built that thing, they didn't build it to the West. You know I mean, but you're not worried about the history. That's backward, reactive thinking. You, I mean, they should be telling y'all the history. They should be telling y'all what that thing could be used for in the future. That's what I mean by forward thinking. And that's why I said you should sell that. I mean, that that's you know, right. I, that's what I, I said. You should not. You should not be selling that thing because you, because forward thinking is. There's going to be a high-speed system that's going to come through your section of the country. That's forward thinking, okay, which means that's a, that's a billion-dollar possibility. The government's going to put trillions of dollars into that HSR system. That's forward thinking. And see, they're telling you all the history of that railroad. That's still that's backward thinking. So if you're backward thinking, you would vote yes on that 22. If you're forward thinking, you would vote hell no on it. Okay? okay That's all I got saying. to say. Have a good night. I appreciate your – well, it's morning still, Rick Jr., but I appreciate your call. I'm going to go back to the phones and talk to Otis. How you doing, Otis? I'm great. How you doing, Raven? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, um – where do I start? Uh, uh, I um, over the Rhine. Uh, I've been living in over the Rhine directly and indirectly since I was about eight years old. And my aunt, uh, with my aunt, um, my, my my company, Speedy Maintenance Service, started at uh, started doing construction at 1902 Race Street. Then from there, I went to 311 East 13th. Then uh, 1526 M, I've sat on numerous boards. I acquired some property at 1701 Vine Street. Uh, I'm no longer the owner of the property, but my offices are still there. Uh, My problem uh, started uh, because, you know, the city of Cincinnati has filed a complaint against me. It's an 84-page complaint. In the complaint, they allege a whole lot of stuff. They have, uh, they 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 are now trying to do a receivership to take the property because uh, I uh, have advised the uh, owners not to sell, and the reason is that the owners are black. There are no other really property owners that go back to. Uh, uh, 1983 that owns uh, property. I, I mean, Scotty Johnson, Harris, Liz Keating, uh, John, all of them, 
they talk about uh, creating black equity in Cincinnati and the community. Disparities are, are real wide. And we have all these reports that state that. But it's just lip service to the politicians to say, why? Here I said with uh, property that could be developed, and no one from the city is coming down to help with that development. What they're doing is weaponizing the police officers in the building inspection departments to uh, take the property. Uh, my trouble started with the bar that is going to be uh, built or created on Republic Street. And I, I ask everyone to do two things. Pull up the uh, civil complaint against me. Read it. Also, go down Republic Street and look and see what you see. As you get down the end of Republic Street, the end of Vine and Liberty, you see just ungodly amount of people that are uh, standing out, sitting out, they have nothing else to do. And somehow they have attached that in the complaint as being part of my issue. Now, I've been there and have spent well over $2 million uh, stabilizing my properties. Uh, 3CDC, model management, urban sites, all the other developers get free uh, stabilization dollars that goes into uh, developing the buildings. Nevertheless, uh, the bar was coming, and it needed a point of egress out the back of Republic Street, and my lot was there. So I wouldn't sell, so they went to Officer uh, Rock, uh, which was the liaison officer at that time in, uh, over uh, the Green Street uh, corridor area. And he then went to uh, Mike Finn, Eric Otto, and got them to uh, cook up a, a scheme to force me to sell. Oh, you got about 30 seconds. I got to go to a break. Okay, okay. Real quick, real quick. So now it's uh, a uh, Amanda Johnson. She's the liaison officer. I called her three days before the raid on the hookah bar, and I asked her, could we meet? Now, I didn't know what the plans were or anything. I'm just trying to be a solution. I spend roughly around 15000 a year cleaning that block every day. I, I'm a good person. I, I don't get that they weaponize in this, this night police. And she told me, she asked me, and I'll make this quick. She says to me, uh, when I talk to her, I said, so what can I do for you? She says, well, you own a lot of property. And I said, what business is it of yours that own property? And this is the type of stuff they're doing. They're weaponizing them to go at the, the, the me, the last property, black property owner in Over the Rhine. The Over the Rhine has lost so much of its black population, and we throughout the city has constantly diminished how much property that we own and controlled in this city. And if we vote yes on that to sell the railroad, it's just going to weaponize them against us. We know we're not going to get any of that money. So let's show some solidarity for once. And let's work together. Because I'm telling you, they are trying to annihilate us out of the city of Cincinnati. And that's, and that's just the facts. And uh, we, I need the support of the people to stand behind me and make sure that those properties that's down on Green and Vine stay African-American, stay in the black hands, stay in our hands. Uh, we have to have a true equity stake in that community, and, and, and this is the opportunity to do it. I'm a team player. Everyone you talk to about me will tell you that. I am an advocate. So, so any questions anyone has, they can contact me. You can call me at 513-908-6200. 
You can call my assistant, uh, uh, Asia Pryor, at 513-969-7402, and we can talk. I'm willing to meet with any city any city uh, uh, council member. They can walk through. We can talk. We can come up with a, a plan to make this work. I have two young men who wants to do a... Uh, I have to go, Mr. Otis. i got to go to a break. All right. Have a good one. I appreciate Thanks for your call. time. Appreciate it. Yes, Bye. sir. Got to go to this break. I'm very late. When I come back, I'll talk to Ms. Marquetta, Walter White Lion. And if you want to get one of my lines, 513-749-1230. It's 12.30 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. A.M. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You are listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. Um, y'all are funny on Facebook Live. I'm gonna go back to the phones just a second. Talk to Miss Marquetta, Walter White, Lion, and C. I got one line open if you want to get it. Five one three seven four nine one two three zero. I want to get get out a couple more stories as well. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, okay. Um, FTX founder Sam Bankman fried or freed. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, he has been found guilty of defrauding customers in Manhattan federal court. A 12 member jury found Bankman freed or fried guilty on all seven counts. According to Reuters Bankman freed or fried. I'm I'm just go with free. So I got to keep saying it. Bankman freed was accused of stealing $8 million from FTX's consumers to become wealthy, leading to headlines during the month-long trial. The verdict was handed down a year after FTX declared bankruptcy, wiping out the 31-year-old's $26 billion wealth. Um, He is... And this was behind some cryptocurrency, which, you know, cryptocurrency had its moment for a, long, for a little while. I haven't heard much about it, like recently, but cryptocurrency had its moment. Um, he is accused, or he was found guilty rather, on yesterday of defrauding customers of his now bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange, which is by the name of FTX. Um, the plan was regarded as one of the largest financial scams in recorded history. The prosecution contended that Bankman Free transferred cash from FTX to his hedge fund with a cryptocurrency focus. I'll meet a research and attempted to reassure users through marketing that the exchange placed a high priority on the security of their money. So basically, New Age Bernie Madoff, like, was 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 basically telling people that, like, I can protect your money, I can protect your funds, and was putting it all in his bank account and doing whatever he wanted to do with it, which was the, which was the, the, the fear that a lot of people did have regarding cryptocurrency. For for a while there, I did kind of become slight. I'm not even fully because I never invested in cryptocurrency. I did slightly become interested in it because it did seem like we were moving in a direction where, you know, the, the American dollar is, is dropping in value constantly. Every every once in a while, we hear of another country who has decided to no longer accept the American dollar. And so it does seem like in certain times that, you know, the the American dollar is on its way up out of here. It ain't going to mean very much in the next coming few decades or so. And so cryptocurrency was supposed to be a save all. It was supposed to be, you know, a kind of currency that could never 
truly lose value as long as you know it could be traded for some for other things and then you know after cryptocurrency came about then it was nfts and stuff like that people still kind of are investing in nfts and stuff i just never like i read a little bit on it and then i just left it alone because i didn't understand enough about it to actually put any money into it i ain't got any, i ain't even got no money to put into it to be honest with you i'm i am surviving <laughs> on my last 20 dollars right now i ain't gonna hold you so i'm i'm I don't got the kind of money to be even be playing with stuff like cryptocurrency and all that other stuff right now. But it was something that I was kind of like aware of. And, you know, when when this kind of stuff comes about, you have to do your due diligence of understanding it. But there are a lot of people who just went all in head first, dived into cryptocurrency. And unfortunately, whoever had invested in FTX finds themselves a victim of fraud. So... Yeah, he is. I don't think that they've they've haven't sentenced him yet, but I'm sure he either be, you know, doing some time in the feds. I don't believe he has any money left because. I'm pretty sure they're going to take all 26 billion, like they said, it's, it's a wrap for that. They, they're wiping out that entire his company is now bankrupt. They're going to take away all of that money that he got from it, which was they said 26 billion. So. He ain't gonna have no money to pay no fines or nothing, so it's a wrap. He likely will be doing some time in the feds. We'll see how much time once the sentencing come back. Once the sentencing comes out, but I'm gonna go back to the phones and talk to Miss Marquetta. Miss Marquetta, how you doing? Hey, how you doing this morning? Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Why am I blocked? Blocked. Blocked. Why can't I? Why can't I find you guys live on the book? I knew I was blocked from the chat, but now it seems like I'm just blocked. Uh, from interacting with the page in general like who handles that and why would i be blocked i am not sure um let me see yeah i'm i'm that i'm not sure about uh, yeah, before i like to engage with my community you know everybody don't have to agree all the time and i know that i say some things that are not popular all the time at the time that i say them but i've been calling here's a question for you how were you how old were you in 2003, that was the start of the Iraq War. 2000 when? 2003. 2003. I was born in 93, so I was 10. Girl. So around 2005, we had George Bush Jr., who had went into Iraq illegally. Um, he had a propaganda machine that was driving Americans to, you know, whatever he did. They was behind it, all American, USA. And at the time, your flagship host, he was Republican. And the same things that I hear him saying today about Republicans, I was saying back then and being ridiculed and called foolish and silly and all these things, only for him to kind of repeat verbatim some of the points that I was making. Um, this morning, what, what music do you listen to? Um, Mostly R&B from like the early 2000s, late 90s. Oh, that's cute. Because <laughs> um, I like Southern Soul, Southern Soul blues music, and it's more current, but it's mixed in with a lot of, um, you know, Johnny Taylor and um, Tyrone Davis and all that. And I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't see no bars. I keep telling the bars, you know, play that. They always want to play exactly what you just said, that late 90s, early 2000s, trap music and R&B. This is so outdated. But, you know, I hear you talking about Israel, 
And I heard the elder say something, you know, so much as don't start and I won't be none. And it goes, and it just made me call in because I remember having these conversations back then. And our community pointing and laughing, giggling and sneering, oh, she's so crazy. Listen, just because it was not on the news and you did not see it, that does not mean that Israel was not the antagonizing. Now, I do think you look real foolish coming in on parachutes to assault concert goers if that's what happened. But we know from the Iraq war that there's a lot of false propaganda put out by the American media to promote war. And we, as black people, can't afford to side with genocide because of being Republican or Democrats. Because, like you said, the world is kind of anti-black. You, when they killed Gaddafi, a la Obama and Clinton, once Gaddafi was killed, they brought slavery back. The Arabs of that area literally start selling black migrants who were trying to escape their e- their collapsed economies in their countries, and when they were trying to cross over into Europe, they would have to cross through those areas. They would be enslaved. Black men sold for $200. Black women sold for $400. Didn't nobody cry or complain? <laughs> didn't, didn't nobody send aid? When we talk about giving countries $14 billion, $100 billion, we're going to have two proxy wars at one time. Black people look foolish saying we pro-Biden or pro-Trump because that's our money. It's $76 trillion that's owed to us by reparations. I'm not talking about a wealth gap. I'm talking about the fact that we got robbed of our labor. Once we got free, they robbed our banks. Once we got free, they, they created convict leasing, which is how the, the railroad down there was built. So all of these things... You know, it kind of damages the psyche that you no longer see yourself as valuable on the world stage. I don't have to. America is literally flying migrants in, and they're racist. Look it up on Twitter. I saw a guy say the other night, Negroes, what didn't you, whatever white supremacy didn't take out, when we become the majority, we're going to finish what white supremacy did not. So we're, with, with us, you know, I, and, and I noticed also, you know, with this black femicide thing, you know, I talked about that. When I talked about that, oh, she crazy, she hate black men, only to hear people make that a talking point for themselves. It's, this is not funny. This is like serious business. Black people in America really need to get an understanding of what it means to be unified collectively and stop all the hate. And it goes to that music, you know, that whole trap music era. I always talk about N.W.A and the impact that they had on our culture, but it drives and sees a lot of disunity, hatred, and misogyny, and we're not bold enough to talk about it. To hear that brother say they're trying to drive him out of his property that he's held since the 80s where he can't get any help but 3CDC gets sex fifth for a dollar, where is the national news media on that? Where is our... Where is our, we, there are no world saviors besides black Americans. That's why when Black Lives Matter came up, you see white people and everybody in the world kind of side with Black Lives Matter because they know globally 
We are the ones who set the tone for what is humane, what is civil rights, because we fight. Ain't nobody fighting like us, and we've lost that fight due to disunity and hatred. These people, whoever's spending that money on that railroad, they have seeded enough money in the community to push out agent provocateurs to come in to push hatred for anybody who criticizes it. To push hate, and we don't. What I'm saying is, we don't have a collective love or collective unity for Black Americans. Before you look to the Congo and worry about them, before you look to Haiti and worry about them, ask yourself why Cincinnati is a slum. Why is it a haven for slum lords? Why is no one concerned about the level of rat infestation in New York that, that mostly impacts black people? You know what I'm saying? Like, we just don't have the empathy. My last question. Did you see Megan Thee Stallion's new song, Cobra? Um, I saw, like, a clip of it on Instagram. And that song is kind of heart-wrenching to listen to her. She says, you know, yes, I'm depressed. That's probably why I drink a lot. You know, somebody to be so blessed but want to slit my wrist. Mental health in this country for black people, we need, we need a serious therapy. You know, with the grace like Dr. Francis Cresswell, rest in peace, and um, others like Maulana Karanga, Dr. Asa Hill here, um, so many elders, Dr. Amos Wilson, they taught us that the mental genocide, the mental side of the black mind lies in that Bible. And the fact that we worship our oppressors through that Bible. We worship in now, through the Bible. Quick, I got I to gotta go to a break. I'm super I know you late. Do, but Israel is not God's chosen people. You have a good day. I appreciate your call. And that's where we differ. Like, I, I, I agree with a lot of stuff that you say, Ms. Marquetta. But we got to get away from this idea that Christianity or whatever you would like to call it is a, is a white or European religion. Christian, Christianity existed in Africa long before our white oppressors used it against us in 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 support of slavery. Now we can have that conversation, but let's have that conversation in a real factual way. Christianity existed way before slavery. Way before Americanized slavery and America's version of chattel slavery. That's a fact. And I, I get the point that that is made when we have that conversation of how it was used to to make slaves docile and to have them be accepted or acceptable to their oppression. I get that. Anything, anything created by God has been has been attempted to be, you know, used and corrupted and perverted by the enemy. But that don't negate the fact that. The fact is the fact. But I ain't even got time to even talk about that. I got to a break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to White Lion. Uh, Dukester's on the line, so we're going to talk. Matter of fact, I'm going to the Dukester first. I'm going to talk. Okay. Terrence Harris said I got to go to break, so I'm going to go to break. When I come back, I'll go to the Dukester. And then White Lion, Walter, Marshall, and whoever that is on that second line. It's 1230 a.m. on the Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. Twelve thirty a.m. The buzz of Cincinnati. Your talk station. You're listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Monday. I mean, to tempt the Bible thumpers about a day slumber. I didn't mean to do that. I just had to 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 to, to make a point. It, it just always bothers me when I hear people say that 
Christianity, which again, I don't even call myself a Christian. I am just somebody who who has a relationship with my with my father. I have a I call I I refer to myself as having a relationship with God because I'm not a big fan of religion. It, it it has a tendency to 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 be conformed into the the likes and the dislikes and the 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 emotions and the interests of man. So I just don't really I don't really I'm not a religious person. I take my direction straight from my father. When I when I'm confused about a thing, when I need direction about a thing, when I when I when I I want to understand a thing, I ask my father first. And I let him provide whatever other resources that I need to understand what he wants me to understand. So I don't even really call myself religious. But it does bother me when when people call Christianity a, a white man's religion. Maybe I'll even say this. Maybe today's version of it is a white man's religion. I'll give you that. If you are still holding very closely to the King James version of the Bible, then yeah, you probably do. It probably is a white man's religion. You just got to look up the history of King James and what he did to the Bible and how he, you know, created his own version of the translation. Then yeah, maybe you can call that a, the white man's a, a white man's religion. But that's also why I don't cling to that version of the Bible. When I am in Bible study, I use multiple versions of the word. I'm still steadily trying to get my hands on Ethiopian an, an Ethiopian version of the Bible. Apparently it's banned in America. So I don't know how lucky I'm going to be with that, but I'm trying. But yeah, that just, it, it bothers me when I hear people say that. The oldest version of that book is, 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 is from Ethiopia. That don't scream white man religion to me, but I'm going to let that go because we got other things to talk about. I'm going to let that go. We can talk about that tomorrow if you want to on the wrap up. You got to report bright and early at 9 a.m. for the wrap up tomorrow with Raven Monday to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that no more. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go and talk to the Dukester. How you doing, Dukester? Hey, good morning, baby. What's up, bud? It's oh, you, Friday. You cutting in and out, Dukester? All right. Check that out. Okay, folks. I want to tell you that if you got a taste for fish today and you want to fish while it's on sale, I know you can't beat me here, but you can meet me here at the Dukester and take advantage of our big fish sale going on all day today until 8 o'clock tonight. And I'm going to remind you that we can bake, grill, or deep fry your fish just the way you like it. And everybody can save $4 a day, and believe me, that's one hell of a deal on a fish meal. Now, for you folks that love our all-you-can-eat cold food Sunday buffet, you can get started promptly at 1 o'clock eating all the food that you can eat every Sunday. And boy, do we have a great menu for you this Sunday. But if you're hungry right now, you can stop by and check out our late breakfast consisting of a 14-ounce New York strip steak, two scrambled eggs, fried potatoes and onions, toast, and a fresh cup of coffee. Or check out our honey barbecue chicken wings with baked beans and potato salad. Today, I'm having the St. Louis barbecue ribs with collard greens and candy cane. Folks, when the hungry hits you, head straight for the Dukester. Have a good weekend. Talk to you later, Ray. Appreciate your call, Dukester. I do have to go to another break. When I come back, I will be talking to Marshall, White Lion, and Blade. I got two lines open, 1230 or 513-513-513. 513-749-1230 is the number to get on board. It's 1230 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. 
1230 AM, The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station. You are listening to the Lincoln Ware Show. Filling in for him is Raven Mundy. We even had some very interesting conversations today. It's been very interesting, both in the Facebook live chat and live on air and talking to college. It's been just a very interesting day. I, don't, I really don't even know what part of today's show that I'm going to snippet and put on my Facebook and my Instagram because we don't had a lot of different interesting conversations. But I'm going back to the phones. Let's see if we can, we can talk about some more interesting things. I'm sure this will be interesting. White Lion, how you doing? Oh, Lord. What is going on over there? What is that loud noise? Uh, let me turn my truck off. It's probably that thing. My bad. What's up with you? What's up with you, White Lion? Uh, no, we were talking about traffic earlier. You said hey, what? We was talking about, y'all was talking about traffic earlier. Yeah. Hey, this is the worst city. I tried to talk about this before. Um, look, okay, I'm a truck driver, all right? Uh, people, cutting off trucks that are full is the most dangerous thing you can possibly do. We cannot stop as fast as you can. If you want over, please, please just use a turn signal. Why do people drive around this city and just switch in and out of lanes, cut people off all day long? I mean, you know, every day we hear about all these road rage incidents. Uh, you are not safe in your car, so quit acting tough. Uh, follow the traffic laws. And where are the police at trying to enforce these laws? Like, they're always talking about we need money, we need funding. Well, get out here and do your job and find all these people not using turn signals. Uh, driving reckless, like what's up with that? Where they at? Y'all need me to come do it? I mean, as I've said, I've even heard from people like I have a lot of friends who who like live here now but are not from here, and they don't yeah. understand why traffic is so ridiculous here. I don't have no, I, just, I don't have no answers for them because I live here and I can't stand driving. I've spoken about it multiple times. I have uh, an anxiety about driving. As soon as I get some money, some like, real money in my pocket, I'm not never driving nowhere else again. I'm getting a driver. And like I totally understand. Like you want to get ahead of the big truck. Like it's cool, but just just use a turn signal. Let me know you're getting over so I can properly brake. Because with all this weight behind me, like I'm gonna go right through you if you slam on your brakes when you get in front of me, and I don't know you're getting over. Like it's just out of control. It's dangerous. They need to do something about that. Hey, I got a question. Say you're in an area and the electricity is out and there's stoplights, all right? Okay. What are you supposed to do at those stoplights? Typically here, when our stoplights don't work, they flash yellow. So you would, if you would be sitting at that stoplight, you take turns, especially if it's an intersection, you take turns. You, you, you treat those flashing yellow lights like a stop sign. Okay, well, let me rephrase this. So you've seen the stoplights where they're all the way out. There's nothing. Do you know what you're supposed to do with those? Um, I would assume the same. Well, what I've done is use them as a stop sign. So you, especially yes. at an intersection, you kind of give people the right away. One car yes. goes, and then you go in a in a counterclockwise rotation. Now, have you ever been at one of those lights and seen somebody not treated as a stop sign? Um, like they just blaze right through it. Like uh, they have no idea what they're doing. They just literally like, oh, the light's out. I don't need to stop. I don't necessarily recall. Okay, I do. And like, and the, so this is my whole issue with like, what is the issue for the marijuana in Cincinnati? Two? The issue two for the marijuana legalization? Um, I can't remember. I let me, know. Let me Google it. I can't Me remember. either. <laughs> 
But that, but so we want to allow these people that don't even know how to follow traffic laws to allow to smoke weed. Nah. Yes, it is. That's a no too. for me. Look, I smoke weed, but I get mine on the low low. Uh, I don't need somebody selling it to me for a higher price. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I don't know, Raven, man. Oh, hey, Raven. Okay, check this out. Now, a couple weeks ago, you invited me to your Thanksgiving dinner. You remember no, that? No, I did not. Why are you, you making like, up stuff? White Lion, you had fun at the walking club. Why don't you come to my Thanksgiving? You'll That's have a not, great time. I, I was never like, said all right, that. bet. And you were like, bet. And you were like, you're cool, I White Lion. And remember, you don't remember that. I ain't never said nothing like that. Oh, so now I can't come to Thanksgiving? No, you cannot. All right. Well, have a good weekend. Bye, White Lion. Cause I, cause you know, good and God dang on well, I ain't never said nothing like that. Chow, I'm going back to the phones. Mr. Marshall, how you doing? I'm doing well, Raven. Kudos to you for that. You don't need white line at your affair. But anyway, uh, if white line's the professional that he professes that he is, then he should have a better attitude out there driving at 18. Uh, I did that for 32 years, very proudly and uh, can honestly say that it is a challenge every day. Mm-hmm. This is not the worst city to drive in. There are several that I could uh, tell you about. We'll start off with New York City, for one. Number two would be Chicago. <laughs> Number three would be Houston. Number four would be Los Angeles County. And number five would be the great state of Florida. So, mm. uh, Dang, Atlanta didn't even make the list. I done heard some stuff no. about Atlanta. No, because the truck traffic has to go around on 285 in Atlanta. They don't okay. go through downtown Atlanta. They don't. If they did, it would be worse than what it ever has been in that whole time down there. Gotcha. But uh, the thing of uh, the driving, it's about attitudes and it's about uh, time constraints. So if you're in a hurry to go someplace, we all use the expressway, and uh, you do find that you do have better times to go and get on the expressway than you do if you would take alternate routes. And it depends on how much time you have to spend. But there's enough real estate out here for all of us to drive on. So I don't buy that white line at all. Uh, People get in a hurry. They do cut off other drivers. Mm -hmm. They do miss the stop at the stop sign. It's a rolling stop. There are other things that they do that can be very ingenuous to others and uh, disregard safety for others also. Mm -hmm. So that's all I'll say on that, and we'll move on. Um, The war that's going on right now over in the Middle East, it's a horrible situation. You would never like to see that come to, you know, the state that it has. But, you know, the Hamas group, it's a real sad situation that they've let them come up again and just start trying to do the things that they wanted to do at one time. But it's got to be stopped. And Israel's just taking a stand. I get that, and I understand, because Hamas did kind of make the first move, at least in this in this recent conflict. Yes, um, and you know, when they go in and take hostages and people are trying to relax and go to a concert and do other things in their social activities, you don't bother them. You leave them alone. You don't use them as political pawns. That's wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely. I, wrong. I, I I I agree. I don't believe that any any level of terrorism for any reason is okay. That's um, true. I agree. It, I just, with you on but that I thing. also also understand like the situation that they find themselves in because this conflict has been decades long, and it and it's yeah. 
it's been something that both sides have done some very egregious, violent things to one another. And, and we're just exactly. really we're seeing the aftermath of that. We're seeing generations yeah. of, of, of families who have been at the hands of this very violent political conflict Absolutely. kind of carrying out, you know, what they believe is going to be the eventual into it, whichever right. way that goes. And it's it's it's. It is getting worse and worse by the day. They're now talking about it the is. fact that Lebanon and both both Lebanon and Syria might end up, you know, being part of this whole thing. They are patiently waiting for oh, what is that man's name? Uh, he is he is the leader of the the largest, I believe, paramilitary force in the Middle Eastern uh, in the Middle East right now. His name is uh, Nasrallah. Uh, he is the leader of Hezbollah. Um, a, a paramilitary group and he's been pretty quiet. He has known has been known in the past to be, you know, in pretty pretty close relationship with Hamas. Um and yep. he's been pretty quiet since since October seventh. He hasn't said too much of anything, but they are expecting him to make a statement. Um they are I think gearing up for him to make a statement on oh, they said he was oh and you hope it doesn't. I think it might be today, a, actually. Yeah, and you hope it doesn't cause the factions to be even more yeah. egregious There's, in their attitudes that they hope, have already. They're saying that you know leaders here are are going to be paying very close attention to his speech. They're wanting to know whether or not he is going to you know announce his alliance with Hamas or what's going to happen if he's going yeah. to continue to be quiet. They're worried. They're very much yeah. so worried, and I think and I they should be. Too. Yeah, I yeah. would be too because yeah. you never know. The verbiage that you use can be very upsetting, and it can offset and on-start something that can't be controlled, and it'll get out of hand in a very quick instant. Absolutely. Mr. Marshall, and i got to go to my top of the hour break, though. Thank you for taking my call, Raven, and stay safe and be well. You as well. i got to go to the top of the hour break. When I come back, I'll talk to Blade. I'll talk to Ms. Donna, Ms. Carol, and John. If you want me, 513-749-1230. It's 1230 a.m. The Buzz of Cincinnati, your talk station.